Hey, what is going on, Liberty fans? My name is Nick Kirby. Welcome to the AC of Red Live podcast. This is the basketball edition. The show is presented, as always, by Jason Porter Real Estate, covering all of your residential and commercial real estate needs in the Lynchburg area and our newest sponsor, Ironclad Coffee, who we are really excited to be partnering with, and we will tell you a little bit more about them uh, later on during the show. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the Reverend Will Matthews. What is going on, my man? Nick, it's uh, going to be a great month of December for us as Flames fans. We've got a little basketball action, and I don't know if you can see this. I know this is basketball, but Lynchburg is officially Chadwell country. Welcome, Coach. I know you're not watching this, but we're glad to have you. I think he's locked in tonight. I think I think he's locked in. All, <laughs> you know, probably already out on the recruiting trail. You know, <laughs> just sat down uh, for some some dinner and, and you know turned on YouTube and and here we are. So I I I have faith he's watching. It's a great show, especially it drops the next day on Apple Podcast or wherever you might get your podcast. And so you know maybe while he's on the recruiting trail, pop on a Sea of Red Hoop show and listen to what's going on. We saw a picture of him and Coach McKay. So two legends already. Maybe he's into basketball. Yeah, very good. And look at you, Will, uh, already uh, uh, becoming a company man. Um, <laughs> that's great. All right. Uh, well, coming up tonight, we are going to have Kyle Road joining us again. Uh, our, our guy, uh, Kyle, uh, kind enough to take a few minutes with us, uh, talk about where things stand right now for the Flames. And then uh, also going to have the the godfather of a sea of red, uh, John Mance is going to be on. He's going to talk about uh, the updated uh, net rankings, which uh, I was really excited about uh, this morning when they came out. So he'll be on. And then, of course, Richie Longshots with your best college basketball picks of the week. Uh, we'll kind of mention it, but if you are watching tonight on YouTube, please take two seconds, hit that like button, subscribe as well to uh, the Sea Red Liberty uh, YouTube channel, all kinds of great content. Uh, Chad and John were uh, on the field yesterday after the Chadwell press conference. Really awesome uh, video just kind of uh, talking about what it was like in that room. Uh, we continue to post uh, post-game press conferences for men's basketball. Uh, so all kinds of good stuff over on uh, A Sea of Red on YouTube. And then like Will also mentioned, podcast version always up the next day on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, before we get to Kyle Road here in just a minute, let's run through uh, some of what's going on around uh, the Liberty Flames. This was the uh, the only game of the week. Uh, Liberty uh, knocked off um, uh, University of Maryland Eastern Shore 79-59. Uh, the game was never close. Liberty led by 25 at halftime. I dare speak 22.6 assists. Uh, McGee has been uh, electric beyond the arc the last two games, 11 for 19. So he's really heating up. And uh, as we'll get to a little bit here with the schedule, uh, maybe heating up at a really good time for Liberty um, with their toughest game of the season coming up here in the next week, the toughest remaining game of the season. Uh, Will, what did you think about this win and uh, overall kind of where mm -hmm. the Flames are playing right now? Yeah, I kind of expected to win. Um, Darius, 22 points, uh, five players to reach double figures. So 
kind of expect to win there. And I think you're right. I mean, I think it seems like they're kind of clicking. They had a rough couple of weekends. And then some of these games, I think, are, you know, we can ask Kyle about this, but I think very helpful as they kind of go into this next stretch. Yeah, Liberty was a uh, 16 point favorite, according to Ken Pop, going to this in this game. So uh, obviously, I have a 25 point lead at halftime. That That's really good. Um, of course, these kind of things help the help the metrics a lot. So, um, yeah, I think they, they, they're playing better, uh, seem to be taking care of the ball a lot better. Uh, mm-hmm. Defense has been playing really well the last three games. Uh, probably not a Tim McKay standards as much in the second half of this game uh, as much as the first half. First half was great, held to 22 points. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think that that uh, 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 the team's playing pretty well and, and, mm-hmm. and coming into an interesting stretch. All right, we're going to get really deep dive into it with John Manson, but uh, net rankings were announced today. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the net rankings, that's the official NCAA rankings. Basically replace the RPI, uh, but a lot more sophisticated than that. Uses efficiency uh, and strength of schedule. So it's not just like Ken Palm where it's just all uh, raw numbers. <laughs> there is a little bit more to it in terms of uh, strength of schedule and, and who you've beaten, all that kind of stuff. A um, little less rewarding for running up the score than than a site like Ken Palm. Uh, but Liberty coming in at 127. I think I said last week uh, uh, we'd have them around like 129. So, uh, hey, I think I got one right this year. Uh, so, uh, yeah, kind of right where we thought we'd see them. Uh, what do you think here, this, this first net ranking uh, of 127, Will? I thought it was interesting that we were fourth best in the A-Sun with the net ranking. I think it just kind of shows how competitive the league has been is this year will be going forward. Um, you know, I didn't, I would be interested to know kind of where our, our CUSA opponents will be next year. I didn't look that up, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. You, you said it, you know, the last two weeks that we could be anywhere from like 90 to, you know, 150 or so. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty fair where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing to remember this, this early in the season these rankings are going to really fluctuate a lot uh, oh, yeah. These uh, over the next month or so. They'll kind of settle in at the more data you get. You know, when you win a game in March, it's going to move the needle a lot less than it is now. I think Sam Houston State is like number seven in the country right now. They've had a great year and they have, I think, three quad one wins. They've really done a, a, a they've had an incredible season so far, but they're obviously not the seventh best team in the country. So you got to kind of take these rankings right now with a grain of salt. Um, you know, I think Liberty's in a, in a good spot to where, um, um, you know, they, they have room to grow, but they're not, you know, trying to dig themselves out of a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 200, 200 plus ranking or anything, uh, like that. Uh, but like I said, we'll dig into that a lot more. Uh, when we have John Manson on later. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and, uh, bring on Kyle Road for the Jason Porter interview of the day. Joined now by Kyle Road and Jason Porter. Kyle, uh, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, guys. Dan, thanks for having me. Always always fun being on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this interview, as always, is presented by Jason Porter. So, Jason, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us the first question of the night for Kyle? Hey, great uh, great game the other night. It was, uh, it was fun seeing you guys uh, just really, uh, really coming together. I noticed something that I wanted to ask you about that I think is probably a little bit of a growing trend and would love for you to speak to uh, Nick and Will and, and the audience and I about this. But uh, there was a 
moment at some point during the game that kind of actually happened behind coach, and I actually happened to say something to him yesterday um, about it. But uh, Darius kind of sidebarred um, um, one of the one of the other other freshman point guards and was just kind of whispering in, coaching him up, doing doing what Darius does, upperclassmen do, what you do. How important is that uh, that that idea of just trying to coach up the younger guys and trying to make sure they understand not only culture of the program but certainly the X's and O's? No, I think uh, it's it's kind of what Coach wants, man. He wants us to be a player-led team, and uh, Darius does an unbelievable job at um, just staying in everybody's ear as far as, like, comments or uh, little points throughout the game. He, he has such a high basketball IQ, and uh, Colin, like all of our freshmen and uh, really most of our guys, like, take, take information and take coaching from each other really well, um, which is really fun because we all, we all have uh, – like the best thing in mind for each other. And I think that's a really unique and uh, allows us to serve one another. And like, like you saw Darius being able to kind of serve Colin in that way and, and ultimately make us better. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Kyle, uh, you were that first half against the Eastern shore. You were on fire <laughs> from three, like NBA jam. Like you probably could have showed Darius <laughs> up with the range. Um, and then you were like yelling um, at the bench, like I like I guess to get them fired up. Like when you're feeling it, and you know you've got the high hand like that. Like you know, what are you seeing from their their defense? And, and maybe just kind of run us through, like you know, when you have the high hand and and kind of what it's like to also be unselfish and and, and look for the best shot in those times. Yeah, I think I think one of like kind of my roles is to try to bring <clears throat> energy to our team and. Um, and, and any game, um, even though I think we were probably favored in that game, just try to just try to bring our energy, bring our own joy. And uh, our bench does a great job celebrating uh, little plays, big plays, big shots. So always, always cool to see their reactions. And, uh, and yeah, we got we got a really group, good group of unselfish guys. And uh, the basketball always seems to to find like who's who's feeling it for the most part. Normally it's number two. Um, but at the same time, like as we have such an unselfish team that um, I had a couple in a row and uh, our guards do such a good job and we have such a good guys that uh, screen and space well. So uh, hopefully just, just got to shoot the shot. Kyle, uh, net rankings were announced today. Uh, you guys are came in at 127 starting off. Uh, Two-part question for you. First part uh any any thoughts on on this ranking? Uh, was it kind of where you guys thought you were going to be? Were you you know think maybe a little higher? What was your thoughts on this? Yeah, to be honest, I, I really um, don't know a whole lot about how the the rankings work. Um, coach tells Coach McKay tells us all the time the games played on the court, not on paper. So uh, we we really we really don't focus too much on it uh, as a team or uh, anything like that. But it's it's always cool to get recognized and um, something that. Um, is great uh, to talk about and uh, analyze and compare uh, to other teams, but at the same time, we don't we don't really pay too much attention to, of it as players. Um, but it's a super cool graphic, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it's awesome, man. Like we're we're obviously trying to be the best team we can be, and, and the higher ranking typically means you're getting a little bit better. So uh, we're going to keep getting better every day, and uh, hopefully that ranking goes up. Well, that. That graphic is from our guy, Zach McLaren. So shout out to Zach 
Uh, great work on that. Does a lot of the uh, the graphics for us here, Ren. Does an awesome job. So you kind of answered my second part there. Uh, I was going to ask how aware you are of like the efficiency numbers and and uh, uh, things of that nature and how, you know, uh, you know, kind of running up the score can be beneficial. You guys don't really pay a whole lot of attention to that. You just you just you know, try to play the, the best you guys can on any given night. Yeah, that's above my pay grade, man. Uh, normally, <laughs> uh, normally uh, we're not too not too concerned about that kind of stuff. But it's, it's cool that you just uh, inform me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, we always talk about there being uh, three three distinctive seasons to the overall season itself, as far as games go. You know, non conference, conference, and then and then the the blessings of March Madness. As you guys are wrapping up the the non conference play here, how do you stay locked in on these kind of handful of games? And since Nick asked the two part question, I'm going to go for two part question. That would be the first part, and then uh, part two is. You started looking at some of the conference uh, conference foes just a little bit, some general scout stuff, uh, or can you kind of start telling us about that? Yeah, no, I think uh, this is kind of the, almost the second half of the non-conference schedule. We've had more more practice time, and Coach McKay's loved that. Uh, so we've we've been really focusing in on the details and uh, defense, of course, and um, just trying to really prepare uh, for the next game tomorrow night, of course. And then understanding we have uh, three really big ones after that um, to conclude our non-conference and then another one on the 21st uh, before you get into Bellarmine, which are, they're always uh, super, super disciplined, well coached. Uh, they probably play one of the toughest non-conference schedules you'll find in the country. So I've seen that because just because I'm from Kentucky, I know they played Kentucky recently and they beat Louisville to start the year, but. Uh, other than that, man, normally everybody plays on similar nights, so you really you really don't get to watch uh, too much of the conference, other conference opponents. I heard you guys mention that we were like fourth or something in that ranking from ASUN teams or something like that too. So you guys, you guys really keep me in the loop. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no. And then uh, the second part. Did I answer the second part, JP? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, okay, I was just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> Hey, um, I know Nick's probably going to ask a really intelligent question here in a moment, but I'm here for the hard-hitting questions, Kyle. Um, I'm looking at the the schedule, and of course, you know, you guys, you uh, the game tomorrow night got switched up a little bit, um, with the opponents, but Maryland Eastern Shore. If I could go back to that for a second, it was um, ugly Christmas sweater T-shirt giveaway night and Christmas party night. What is the go-to um, Kyle Road Christmas party like? And, you know, what is the uh, gift-giving like? And what's Kyle Road's favorite Christmas song? The, the folks want to know. Flames Nation needs to know. So that was a seven-part question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we'll it was. Final start, hard-hitting. We'll start hard-hitting. The T-shirt that they made for the last game for the students was awesome. I'm actually trying to still get my wife one for Christmas and put that in a box and – it to her for christmas so that's kind of what the gift giving is like as well so that's it that answers that <laughs> favorite christmas song the only one i can think of right now is jingle bell so we'll say jingle bell. <laughs> christmas movie though probably like a home alone or um elf just a classic there so that, that was a bonus answer too so. All right, since Will's put the pressure on me. So, Kyle, you guys are second in the country right now in percentage of shots uh, that have come off an assist. How much of an emphasis is that for you guys? Is that something that you guys are putting a lot of pride in this year? 
Yeah, I think I think um, kind of every team I played on um, since I've been here has had uh, really unselfish guys, and I think that's a that's almost just a testament to that. And uh, having guys that um, can create their own shot, but also create for one another. Um, and Darius attracts so much attention, of course, and um, his unselfishness um, and being able to pass. Um, Collins added a great um, value to that too, and being able to take pressure off and uh, handle the ball. And then we got so many. We got so many guys that set up assists that don't even get recognized uh, most of the time because they're they're the ones screening and that there's no screen stat in the in the box score that I'm aware of. But they do such a good job of getting other guys open, and um, so it, it's really a testament just kind of to the whole team because um, that's that's kind of what assists come down to and getting great shots. Very good, Kyle. Yeah. No. Go ahead. No. Go ahead, Jason. You got another question? Uh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. You guys had had two days off. If I know you forgot what that's like, but uh, man, how was the how was the break? What'd you do? How are the legs? Were they coming back? Feeling good? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Two days off in uh two days off in December doesn't happen very much. But uh, coach does such a good job, like work life balance, and uh, we have we have a veteran group of guys that um, stay locked in. We gotta we gotta see Shrine on our off day. Our athletic trainer at the LAC, so that's always fun. And, and get in the pool recovery tubs and run underwater treadmills and, and do fun stuff with him. So that was, that was a little off day um, uh, yesterday, but it, it was great, man. Like um, coach, coach and our staff, he does such a good job of, of just really caring about our, our physical health, mental health. And uh, so two days off is, is sometimes it's, it's really, really uncommon, but it, it was cool. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks so much, Kyle. Uh, Jason, got a question for you. Uh, how critical is lending peace in getting the process started? Yeah, I appreciate that, Nick. It's uh, it's definitely one of the one of the the, the foundational blocks here as we start uh, talking about the new home home ownership or that path for people as they're looking into uh, buying or um, doing something with the home with uh, the home buying process and. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, uh, that the team that we've got assembled with local lenders here is incredibly important. And they're the ones who obviously set your shopping budget, if you will. They're the ones who will review your finances and uh, get into all the nitty gritties of the numbers. And it's incredibly important to uh, have that ready to go so that we kind of run parallel tracks. I'm I'm working on the real estate side with you. And then uh, a lot of my local uh, lender partners are working on the financial side. And when those two come together, man, we're ready ready to rock and roll. So that lending piece and that mortgage piece is incredibly important and something that I can uh, help anybody out with. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jason. We really appreciate uh, all of your support, uh, helping make these shows possible. And, uh, uh, and not just that, but you, you being such a great, uh, uh, fan of Liberty. I, I know this is our basketball show. Normally I'm a stickler. We got to stick to basketball, but Jason, I got to ask you about, uh, uh, the head coaching hire, what was your thoughts on that before we get you out of here tonight? Yeah, uh, I think it's a home run. Uh, bring in one more sport. Uh, no, fantastic uh, hire there. I think Coach Shadwell is going to do a phenomenal job. Uh, I really appreciated his humble attitude and humble spirit with everything that he's that he's that he's posted. Certainly, what he said yesterday in, in the uh, press conference, but uh, could tell he's genuinely excited to be part of Flames Nation now. And I think uh, I think he's going to feel the love already. And I'm excited uh, for him to get to work. I know he already is. Awesome. Jason, Jason, were you at the press conference the other day? I was yesterday. What was the, uh, what was kind of the mood in the room? Sorry, Nick, we're hijacking for football here, but 
Man, it was packed. It, it honestly <laughs> looked like a third floor game day. I mean, it was. Uh, there were so many people there from uh, uh, literally the, across the room or across the stadium. But uh, really, really a good uh, a good energy. I think for sure. Um, standing ovation when when he and Ian came in, uh, which was really cool. And I think his family was overwhelmed by the by the attendance too. But a lot of other head coaches in, in the room as well. And uh, man, it was a it was a packed house. The energy was was real. It was exciting to see. It's great. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jason. Uh, let's go ahead and bring uh, John Manson into the conversation. All right. It is our guy, John Manson. John, what is going on tonight? What's up, Nick? Will, thanks for having me on. It's my first time on with you guys uh, since the season started. I know I was on back in that two-hour extra extravaganza show y'all had everybody on, but uh, appreciate you guys uh, being part of a Sea of Red this year, and uh, this show's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy watching it uh, each and every week, and uh, you guys bring a lot of good uh, good, good content for uh, Flames Nation, a Sea of Red, and men's basketball. I appreciate it, John. appreciate you having us on. Uh, we'll definitely bug you a lot more now that football's maybe at some point getting getting towards a closure. I know we still got quite a ways to go, but once football, football's getting football good is, now. Football is year-round. I mean, <laughs> this week I'm busier with football coverage than I was during the season, so it's, it's just a year-round sport now. So it is what it is. Once it slows down a little bit, we'll be bugging you up. We had to have you on today with the net rankings. I know you're a guy that, that uh, follows the net rankings closely like I do, and, and I think you – have a, at least a little bit of an interest in it. So I definitely want you on that. Before we jump to that, uh, Will, thanks for bringing this up in the chat. I, I meant to mention this. Uh, John, real quickly, tell us a little bit about the uh, the NIL uh, uh, thing that, that a Sea of Red uh, is partnering with before we jump into some of this conversation. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're super excited to announce this. Uh, we announced it today. Something been in the works for several weeks. Uh, the Flames Rising NIL Collective, powered by Sea Red, is what we're calling it. Uh, it's just a place for uh, you know Liberty fans, uh, donors, boosters to kind of come together and pool resources to uh, have a collective. You see uh, the term collective thrown around in the NIL world a lot across the country, and and uh, it's just a place where you know these funds can be pooled and. And uh, these resources can all come together and and we can use that to give it back to the student athletes. And, you know, we can't do, you know, pay for play or anything like that. So, you know, we, we've had several meetings with compliance at Liberty, several meetings with uh, Ian McCall, the athletic director and and uh, Mike Hagan at uh, Flames Club. And and uh, we even had a, a donor dinner kickoff about a week or two ago where we had about 25 to 30 donors uh, that were there that we kind of met and kind of get this thing kicked off the ground. And and uh, we thought with the uh, coaching change, it was a perfect time to go ahead and announce it. We were probably going to wait and do it uh, first part of the year. But, um, you know, we had a great uh, response so far today and over the past week, really, uh, when it, before it kind of became public. And, uh, you know, so Chad and I actually are going to do a video, not live or anything, because we're not doing a football live show this week. But we'll do a video, probably publish that tomorrow. Uh, just answering some of the questions we've gotten. But, uh, you know, it's a way you can go to crred.com slash NIL. Uh, you know, you can join or become a partner uh, for as low as $20. Um, you know, and then, of course, we'll we'll take as much money as you, as you want to give. But uh, 91%, I saw one of these questions, and I'll throw this out there, and it's, it's a lot of information out on the website, but 91% of all funds that are given in this collective go straight to student-athletes. 
Uh, 9% kind of covers our overhead and costs and fees and things like that because uh, we have to pay for, you know, the transfer fees for people using the services uh, with with credit cards and using your, your account online and, and PayPal and things like that. But anyways, 91% is going straight to the student athletes. So uh, it should be a really good good avenue and another tool for Liberty to kind of continue uh, its ascent as a as a top uh, non-power five program in football terms or a top mid-major program in the country. Awesome. We're really excited about that. Oh, well, go ahead. I was going to say, John, I mean, you know, you and Chad have, you know, and some others have put a lot of work into that. And just as alumni, I mean, like that, you know, we're, we appreciate what you guys are doing because, you know, it's like a team effort with, with you guys and the university because we all believe in the mission of the university and, and athletics being the vehicle to accomplish that. And so we just really appreciate all you guys, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, for the athletes and to, to see Liberty to continue to rise. Thanks. Will. I appreciate that. And I got to give a big uh, shout out to, to Chad. I mean, he's really been uh, the linchpin for this collective and for NIL and conversations. I mean, he's uh, had created so many contacts that we've been able to, to get the past several weeks. And he's been on the phone almost nonstop every day uh, talking to, to different uh, boosters and things. And uh, so Chad, Chad's done a great job and uh, looking forward to, to seeing this grow. And, and like you said, it's all about Liberty. Everything we do at a Sea Red, you know, the, our old tagline used to be all Liberty all day. That's what, that's why we do what we do. That's why we're on the show tonight. Uh, and that's why we do uh, the NIL collective as well. All right. Very good. All right. Well, to the, the basketball conversation, net rankings announced. Uh, if you are watching them, got them up on the screen. I won't read through them all. Uh, but first thing that stands out is uh, FGCU at 72. Uh, so they are a quad one uh, team if you're playing on the road. Liberty, unfortunately, doesn't play them on the road, so they kind of wish they, they could get a potential quad one game. The other thing that stands out is no one's in the 300s, and Bellarmine is 288. Uh, John, what was your kind of initial thoughts with uh, uh, these net rankings? Were you kind of like me where you were like, wow, this is uh, much stronger overall than, than we've seen in years past in the ASUN? Oh, yeah, that was obvious. You know, that was the first thing that kind of jumped off the page is, uh, you know, we've been, you know, kind of tracking the uh, net rankings. I do an article, you know, typically weekly during basketball season and always when the first rankings did and uh, come out for the net each season. And I did one earlier today. And uh, first thing I do is go see where Liberty is, obviously, and about 127. I think you talked about that probably being about where we would be and that that's kind of where I expected. But then I went to search for all the ASUN teams and I wasn't used to having to look up the rankings and I normally just start heading down, but uh, you can always, uh, you, you can obviously see that, uh, you know, the ASUN's a lot better. Uh, FGCU, what they've done this year is pretty remarkable. I knew they would be a lot better, but I didn't think they would be this good and certainly not this early. They got a lot of new pieces on that team and Pat Chan Chambers has done a good job there. And Jacksonville is a real uh, kind of enigma to me. Like, I, I don't know if we know how good they are. They got a really good win over Campbell, but I think they've only played, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but two, maybe three division one teams. Um, so we're still kind of waiting to see exactly how good they are. Uh, but, but yeah, I think Liberty is kind of right where we kind of expected them to be. And, uh, you know, but yeah, obviously the number one thing that kind of, you know, 
jumped off the page, if you will, was how much better and deeper this A Sun is. And not just that Liberty is fourth, but if you look at that, you got seven teams in the top 175. I mean, I'm not sure uh, the A Sun's ever had seven teams in the top 175. You might be lucky to have two or three in most years. Yeah, Jacksonville uh, played Duke on November 7th and then didn't play another D1 game till November 23rd. Uh, and then their last game was against a non-D1 team. So, yeah, only three D1 games. So, yeah, really no idea what to expect out of them. Uh, they really don't have a whole lot of good data uh, on them yet. Uh, yeah, man, FGCU, 7-2 and two on the season. Their only uh, losses, two road losses at Tennessee and San Diego. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see what they do in, in conference play. It, it I, No disrespect to Jacksonville Lipscomb, and, and Lipscomb's had a really surprising year. They've proved me wrong pretty well so far this year, but I think it's probably going to end up being a, a two-horse race with, with FGCU and Liberty unless someone else really just kind of fights to the top. Uh, I think it could be like the same situation like, like Liberty-Jacksonville State and then Liberty-Lipscomb that first year where – it's really probably these two teams are are the class of the A sign. Will is that kind of maybe how you see it? Yeah, I mean, like John, like I, you know, just looking at this and and seeing how you know how many were in the top, you know, one seventy five, top two hundred, um, kind of popped out. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, FGCU, um, I, you know, that's an opportunity for us to get a really good win. Um, and where did we finish last year? It was like 85, 86, something like that. I could be wrong about that. I can't remember exactly, but um, I looked it up earlier and I, and I don't remember now, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I think potentially, um, you know, with the conference being a little bit tougher this year, I think potentially we have a better team than last year. So I'd be interested to see kind of how it shakes out with FGCU and, and Liberty at the end. Kind of the biggest surprise I had in these uh, rankings was was Bellarmine. I was kind of surprised they came in last. Um, you know, they, they've played a really tough schedule. I mean, they've played, you know, Kentucky, UCLA, Duke, I believe, uh, several other teams. Uh, Louisville, who's obviously, I think they're like third from last in the in the net so far. But they they started the season uh, opening night with a win over Louisville. We kind of all, mm-hmm. you know, turned our heads to that. But, but uh, you know, Come to find out, Louisville is not very good. They can't score on basically anybody. But I, I was surprised they were that low. I know they've gotten beat bad by several teams, but they were all, you know, probably quad one games. Uh, but but I was kind of surprised Bellarmine was so low. Yeah, yeah. And it's. I'm sorry, Nick. It's good to see. I guess it's good to see Queens being so high in their kind of first year as well. I mean, they've had a, a pretty you know decent schedule, um, and they've. You know, they're seven and two, um, a couple of non D1 games there. I almost expected them to be a little bit higher um, than 172, but that's still, you know, really good for, you know, first year program. Yeah. I think, I think Bellarmine is, is a little bit of, you know, false advertising at 288. Uh, I don't think, I, I wasn't a big believer of Bellarmine this year, but I don't think they're the worst team in the conference. I think it's, uh, one of those, they don't have a they don't have a, a division one win other than Louisville, um, and I think that's really just tanked their rankings. But if you look at their schedule, they played almost all outside of one game. They're all like top one hundred teams. So, uh, 
let's see how they look kind of the first couple conference games. Uh, one of them is going to be hosting Liberty. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the flames don't, don't kind of, uh, you know, come in there, uh, thinking that is the worst team in the conference because they, they are definitely capable of, uh, uh, of pulling off a win. Uh, well, last year we actually finished one eighteenth um, oh, okay. in the, in the net, uh, really rankings really tanked at the end of the season. Uh, it was, it was pretty rough the, the last, uh, about month. Um, I think we were up in the eighties, yeah. but, but it, it really tanked, but listen to this, the next best team last year was 148 Jacksonville state. And then there was three teams in the three hundreds at the end of the year. Now this is still very early in the year and these ranks are really going to fluctuate up and down. So I don't want to, you know, take a big victory lap. Hey, there's no 300 teams. Well, they might start settling in and these teams are all going to beat up on each other too. So someone's going to have to be the worst team in the league. Um, but I think overall, uh, uh, pretty positive. Um, we did get a couple questions I want to kind of get to here. Uh, Dan asked this a little while ago. Um, do we have to win the a sun to be ranked around 60 to get into the playoffs? Um, what we do in the ASO won't really uh, impact the rankings as much wins and losses wise, as much as it's a lot of efficiency and stuff like that. Um, you know, like I said, I don't think that 127 ranking is necessarily that big of a deal right now. Uh, Liberty could go win at Oral Roberts next week yeah. and potentially jump like 30 or 40 spots like that, that this early in the year, I think you could have that big of a leap. If, if you, you know, say they wouldn't win by double digits, they could really shoot up the rankings quick. Uh, tomorrow's game has absolutely no impact on the net rankings because they're only Division One games. So, um, again, it's still early in the year. There's going to be a lot of, of movement up and down. Uh, we'll be tracking it every week, and I'll try to kind of give you an idea of who went up and down, and uh, um, um, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, yeah, but and I – but Sorry. to his point, I mean, you know, the A-Sun, even as as much improved as they are uh, from previous years, it's still a one-bid league. I mean, nobody's going to get an at-large in the A-Sun, and, and those rankings are going to probably end up trending down uh, as a whole, uh, especially once we get into a conference play. So uh, to Dan's point, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you basically have to win the A-Sun uh, conference tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, um, you know, and you're not going to get an at-large unless, you know, maybe if you were to win out, you know, an FGCU or something like that, that might be in the conversation because uh, they've already got a, a solid uh, net ranking. But uh, it really comes down to, and as we'll get into, I'm sure as the season goes on, it comes down to your, your net ranking plays a big into uh, your, your seeding if you were to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, and being uh, at 127 or somewhere in there, you're, you're likely not going to be a 16 seed. You'll probably be – you know, at least a 15, possibly a 13 or 14, depending on how the rest of the other tournaments look. But, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a one bid league, so you got to go out and win the conference tournament. Yeah. And John, I was going to say too, you know, we, to get an auto bid, I mean, we would not only have to run the table out of conference and beat, you know, Northwestern and go on to play Auburn and, you know, some of those games we didn't, you know, get a chance to, but also you got to think like, kind of where we are in the net, there's probably a lot of teams right there that are very similar. And so, you know, we would not only have to run the table, but also have to have a lot of luck from other teams <laughs> losing some important games as well. And so to Nick's point, the, as much as it'll jump, as you know, I, I don't know what kind of analytics they use to determine the net, 
But you got to think where we are, there's probably a lot of teams right there that are very similar to where we are. And they just have a couple of off nights and we have a couple of good nights and we jump up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good question. Uh, how do we stack up as a conference in the net rankings? I don't think the net rankings actually rank conferences, uh, but I do have the Ken Palm rankings, which uh, uh, do rank the conferences. Um, and uh, the A set is actually up to 18th now. They started 22nd, uh, so they've they've jumped up four spots. Uh, Liberty's still number one, but again, still has that preseason data cooked in. Uh, FGCU is up 119 spots in Ken Palm since the start <laughs> of the season, which wow. is yeah, uh, just uh, uh, pretty insane uh, <laughs> to think about. So uh, they may not be done, you know leaping up especially as uh, uh some of the the preseason data gets uh, cooked out here in the next month hey nick do you have readily available uh southern miss where they're ranked in the net i know i saw i think they're in the 70s uh but that that's another team that's going to end up being a lot better than we thought i mean they were you know preseason you know ken palm like 300s i, I don't know how how go, how much they've uh, jumped up in, during the season they're probably jumped 150 plus spots already uh, it's amazing what they've been able to do. Uh, Southern Miss is 31st in the net. So if wow. uh, if Southern Miss moves up one wow. spot, they are a quad one. Uh, no, they're not a quad one game. They're um, yeah, they're they're a quad one game. Yeah. Um, even hosting them. Uh, <laughs> like, that's that's who ridiculous. Who would have ever thought that? I mean, we thought that was going to likely be a quad four game coming into the season. Uh, it'll yeah. probably settle in, I would imagine, as a quad two or quad three. But, uh, you know, that, that looks a lot better. Would have been better if we got the win, obviously. But uh, it's better to have them, you know, as a quad one or quad two loss rather than a, a three or four. Yeah, they're, they're probably pretty safely uh, at least a quad two. I mean, they'd have to really take – they were 324th in Ken Palm to start the year. Um, just insane. Where, where, where are they at now? They're 30 – well, in – I don't Ken know. Palm. Ken oh, Palm. They're, they're 180 in Ken Palm, so they are the very extreme. Them in Florida Gulf Coast, you, you kind of see how Ken Palm, when they have that, that preseason data cooked in, it, it, it's still – there's still quite a bit of that in there, and, and Ken Pomeroy has said that usually uh, completely goes away in early to mid-January. Um, but the net rankings in Ken Palm, most of it's not going to be like that drastic. So it, it's they're going to come together here. There'll be some differences, but not nothing like 180 and 31. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, the other big yeah. ones, Bradley is a quad quad two game. Uh, and they are 79. So uh, neutral is up to 100. Uh, so they're right now, right now, safely a quad two game. So that's uh, that was a huge win for Liberty in that that tournament. Um, and here's kind of some of the opportunities that Liberty's going to have. Um, Oral Roberts is 70th. Uh, so um, that's a quad one game. I think it's up to I got it on there up to 75. So Liberty might beat them and they they move to a quad two. <laughs> Um, but you know, that, that's still going to be a very, very high quality game. And then, uh, Florida Gulf coast at home and then Jacksonville and Lipscomb are quad two games and then a whole bunch of quad three games. So it, it may not, it may not be as, uh, as, as sexy, like <laughs> as, as people might want, you know, looking at some of these on the schedule, but when you're talking about the difference between 
a 12 and a 13 or a 13 and a 14. It's going to be who had these, these quad one and quad two wins. And for Liberty, I mean, like Liberty could have a, a legit chance if, uh, if Southern Miss ends up being a quad one game, for instance, to have really good, like quad two, they could have like a above 500 and, there's not going to be a lot of those other teams that are in Liberty's boat that are going to be able to say that at the end of the year. So this Oral Roberts game, it is huge. It is a huge game on Monday for Liberty. Uh, it's the biggest game of the, I would say, I mean, I other than maybe like your tournament seeding and, and getting home court advantage, I think it's the biggest game the rest of the year for Liberty. John, any thoughts on Oral Roberts? I mean, it, it's going to be a it's it's a good game. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be very difficult, though. I mean, Max Aismas is uh, very uh, talented. You know, he'll be wanting to one up Darius each time down the floor, and that play is going to be rocking. I remember talking to Coach McKay in the preseason. He was talking about how how badly Oral Roberts wanted to start that home and home on their home floor, and uh, so they were able to get the game at home this year, and and they're billing it as, you know, their premier uh, game at home this season. So it, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be uh, a loud and tough environment. Uh, you know, Darius McGee against Max Aismas will be a lot of fun, but um, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I was also surprised to see Grambling up so high. I think they're, what are they, 120, 150, somewhere in the, 100 and some in the net. So um, I haven't really looked at them much, but that's a game coming up uh, the day it's the day before the bowl game. So I won't be able to go to it, but I'll be watching online uh, or on TV. But um, I thought that was another one. I was a little surprised because in the Ken Palm, I think they're still down in the three hundreds. Grambling is uh one thirty six. They're up to two fifty two in Ken Palm, but they started, they started the year three twenty five. So uh, <laughs> I tell you, what, I don't know, man, maybe uh, Richie McKay duked us all. He had this inside info on uh um, he's like, yeah, Southern Miss is actually going to be a quad one game, guys. Like, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, we're all complaining about the schedule. And, yeah, he's a mastermind. And <laughs> if we had Larry Blair, we would have just run the table on everybody. Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. There it is. 9-14 Eastern. He got his Larry Blair. And I, I, I had the over-under a little <laughs> little earlier than that. But, uh, but yeah. But, yeah, very good. A um, couple other thoughts here I had on uh, – on, um, the overall with the a sum we got another question i want to get to uh jacksonville state they've had two straight wins including a uh, road win at east tennessee state i don't really know what to make of them or are they just one of those scenes that maybe took a little while to uh uh get gelling with a lot of new pieces they're, they're kind of like that lurking middle of the pack a sun team that's going to kind of scare me uh this year a little bit uh some nice road wins for the a sun uh queens won a bowling green North Alabama won at Moorhead State. Uh, North Alabama, uh, good for them. That's uh, you, you don't expect that. And then Kennesaw won at Mercer, and I don't know if it was uh, it went final, but they were also uh, winning pretty big at Charleston Southern. So uh, uh, Kennesaw's coming, uh, playing pretty well. Um, Kennesaw almost uh, – they also almost knocked off VCU on the road. I think they lost by yeah. four, three or four points, something like that. I was, I was watching the end of that game. Uh, it was right ahead of a, a Liberty game. And uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're playing a lot better. They I know that's one that Chad thinks is a, a really uh, basement dweller here in the A Sun, but I think he's wrong on them. Uh, but yeah, to your point about Jacksonville State, I I think they they've got a lot of new pieces. They had a lot of seniors, veterans last year, and and a lot of new pieces this year. 
Uh, I expect them to get better and better as the year goes on and and to be a tough out in conference play. But, yeah, I, I was looking at them, you know, in the last day or two, and and I'm, I'm with you. They, they were really struggling, and then they kind of picked it up a little bit with some, you know, two nice wins uh, the last time out. Um, you know, so I'll be interested to see how, how they go throughout the rest of the year. Another team I, I think is kind of interesting is North Florida. They got a lot of pieces returning. I kind of had them in the preseason uh, power rankings that I do on CRRed.com. I had them in the top five or six, I believe it was. Well, they always play a tough schedule, but they have not performed well at all. Uh, I think we saw their net was down uh, towards the bottom third or so of the league. So uh, they got a lot of pieces, though. And, and, you know, they're a team that they might go into conference play like they do a lot of times with a, you know, 3-12 and 12 record or whatever. But then they'll end up being a tough out during conference. And I think that, you know, that, that happened to them last year. And that kind of seems to be the, uh, the, the mantra for uh, North Florida. The highlight of this show so far is Nick Kirby getting excited that North Alabama beat Moorhead State and just the most exciting thing. And, hey, I just want to let you know, give you a heads up, um, Central Arkansas has about three games that they're going to lose, but then they play Little Rock, who is 331 Kempom. So we might not be able to contain Nick if they actually win that game. I was locked into Uwe Pooey uh, Green Bay today, two of – Two uh, winless teams. Uh, that was a noon game, man. I love a, I love a good uh, uh, daytime uh, uh, game. <laughs> North Alabama, man. They don't they don't win a whole lot of uh, Division One games uh, in the non conference. I think I feel like they might have last year not won. Yeah, they they did one. They they beat a couple swack teams, but that was about it. That was a uh, you know a, a non swack win for them. So that that's huge. That's huge. Good for those good guys. for them. Uh, Stetson has come back down to earth. They've lost three straight and they had a 48 point loss to Florida. So that's the only Debbie downer, uh, in the a sun, a couple more questions that we'll get some, uh, <clears throat> final thoughts with John. Um, sorry, I had it here. Uh, what is your feeling close to the beginning of conference play? I'll, I'll, let's start with will on this. What's your overall, uh, kind of feeling, about the team as, as we're going in and how they stack up with the A-Sun? Uh, I feel good as long as we limit turnovers. I think that's kind of the biggest, you know, deal right now with the team. Is, it seems like as we kind of we kind of beat ourselves with the turnovers. But, John? Yeah. Yeah, I've really been impressed by the play of Blake Preston. Seems like he's slimmed down some this year, and and uh, he's been a, a force on the inside. I mean, you know, he's not always you know the greatest when it comes to you know going up quickly and strongly and and finishing, but um, you know, especially against mid majors and uh, teams in the A Sun, he's a guy that you know can score eight to ten points on a given night, get you four or five rebounds, and and he's really been pushing. Uh, Shiloh for a starting spot, in, in my opinion. And, and speaking of Shiloh, I think he's a guy that Liberty's really uh, needs him to take that next step up. Kind of, you know, he, he was really slow out of the gates this year. I don't know why. Uh, but, you know, last year we, you know, he scored 20 points on a given occasion. And uh, we really need that out of him again. Um, you know, to, to, to show that ability. We know what he can do on defense end of the floor. He's one of the team's best defenders. Um, you know, but but if we can get him to, to be more consistent on the offense end, especially shooting threes, uh, it, it'll make this team that much better. Yeah, Shiloh kind of slowed down at the end of the year last year, so hopefully maybe it's a reversal this year where 
where uh, you know he can he can play his best basketball at the end of the year. But yeah, I think that's a great point, John. I think I think Shiloh is uh, uh, huge to the overall success of this team. I mean, I would say right now, only team that I think can beat Liberty without Liberty's doing is 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 Florida Gulf Coast. They're the only team that I think is is in Liberty's you know talent level and, and ability and coaching and all those kind of things. I think they're the only ones. You know, th- there could be another team that wins the A Sun, but. I think it's going to be probably more to do with with Liberty not performing than, than anything else. Florida Gulf Coast is the only team that I think can, could beat Liberty on a given night if Liberty played fairly well. I think. Go ahead, Will. Yeah. Well, how would you compare them to the you know 2019 Lipscomb team? I don't think they're that good. I mean, like it's just they're so unknown. Like they have so many new pieces. I think Pat Chambers is a heck of a coach. I mean. You look at what he did at, at Penn State. He never got a that. That's such a like tough place to win at. And they had great Ken Palm rankings. They never got like the the marquee wins enough. They were like always that like last team out. And then they should have been like a six seed in the tournament in twenty twenty, but then it got canceled. He's a great coach. Uh, so I think that team was gonna as, as long as he's there. I think that team is gonna run the A Sun after Liberty and all the other teams. Uh, uh, exit. I do like Kennesaw as well, though. I think Kennesaw. I'll say I think Kennesaw will get a first round buy. The top four get first round buys. I think I think they'll be in that top four. I think they're going to host a game. Uh, I think they did last year too, didn't they? Yeah, last year they did. Mm-hmm. They they hosted a game. That was the first time in their Division One history they'd ever hosted a postseason uh, conference tournament game. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see that as well too. Um, you, you asked uh, Will about the 2019 Lipscomb team. I think a lot of times Liberty fans forget just how good that team was at Lipscomb, Very good. And, and what Liberty did to to go and beat them at their place twice that year, especially in March, the second time for for uh, the conference championship. Uh, but that Lipscomb team went on to win uh, the, the NIT, or, or maybe they were the runner up that championship year, game. Yeah, they made it to the championship game and lost to Texas, I believe it was, or something like that. And Garrison Matthews, you know, I think I'm not a big NBA fan. He was with the Wizards for a few years. He might still be on an active roster. Uh, so that that team, you know, they, they they were one of the last teams out. So you talk about getting at large bid. I mean, that year, you know, Lipscomb was in the conversation and left out. But uh, I haven't watched enough FGCU this year to see uh, just how good they are. I, I've just been looking at you know their stats and their their Ken Palm results and things like that. But but I, I'm intrigued by them. I, I thought all along that you know going into the season they'd be one of the top top teams in the league, and and uh, I'm looking forward to to being able to watch them here soon. Garrison Matthews still with the Rockets played 19 minutes two nights ago. Oh, I mean you know Caleb Holmesley was as good as it gets. You know I I felt especially. For a Liberty player that had some NBA potential, he could stick in the NBA. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into that, and and, and you know, you could go down a whole rabbit hole of that. Uh, but yeah, I, hot take: I think that that Liberty's win at Lipscomb was more impressive than the win against Mississippi State. I think it was a tougher win. You know, on the road yeah. with all the like, there was no there was no pressure against Mississippi State. Like Liberty, it was house money. But that that Lipscomb game, like I've never. I'm not sure if I've ever felt a, a sporting event with more tension than that. Yeah. <laughs> like that was yeah. like, that was like, I was like sick to my stomach during, but it was like yeah. a good, like exciting. You, we're That's talking- one of those. 
yeah, that's one of those games that you like to go back on YouTube and watch the clips of it and relive that one. Um, but, you know, remember also Lipscomb beat us by like 40 points, you know, at home. And that was, you know, in the prime of like, you know, Liberty is unbeatable at home. So, or, or right at the beginning before that. But um, yeah, that was still one of those Georgie's um, three from the corner. And then um, Scotty James flops and all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> um, yeah, that, that was, I'm with you, Kirby. I think that was a better win than the, the tournament game. I think the tournament game, you know, maybe in the, in the big picture of Liberty athletics, maybe more important. Um, but that Lipscomb game was, was a better win. Yeah. Well said, John, you were there, right? Yeah, I was, I was there for that game. I actually went, made the trip for uh, both the games at Lipscomb that year. Uh, my brother lives, you know, not far from Nashville. And so it makes it easy to, to be able to stay there. And, and uh, my, my nephew was born that year. So that's why I was able to make an excuse to get out there and see him. But uh, hmm. that was Man, what a great game that was. And I'll never forget that three-pointer in the corner by uh, Georgia Pacheco or Ortiz. And he gets overlooked so much on those teams with uh, Caleb Holmesley and Scotty James. You know, another guy who gets overlooked, Lavelle Cabell. I mean, that yeah. guy was a baller. And, uh, you know, man, he he really was the key, the linchpin to kind of turn this thing under uh, Coach McKay. He was the first guy that signed for McKay when he came back from Virginia. And uh, he really got this thing turned back in the right direction. Because if you remember early on in, in Caleb Holmesley's career, he was, you know, uh, more of a role player. And, and, Kay, and Lavelle was kind of the guy that was leading the team on both ends of the floor, offense and defense. And, and Caleb, it seemed like he shot up his second or third year in the system and grew a few inches over the summer and, and uh, really took his game to the next level. And then Scotty James as well, too. But, uh, man, those are, those are some good old times. Yeah, and, you know, to kind of bring it back to current times, the way Caleb kind of just, like, took off and, like, all of a sudden, like, he's just on the scene. You know, when I saw Shiloh come out, I kind of thought that's kind of who he's going to be. And it's yet to be seen. And like Kirby said, you know, maybe he gets hot down the stretch and he, you know, he starts getting some of that same kind of attention that Caleb got. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you 100% on Georgia Pacheco Ortiz. That 2020 team was 10th best in the country in in turnover rate. You know, the the fewest, uh, and a lot of that was Georgia Pacheco Ortiz. And we've seen like since he's left, that's been the biggest problem for Liberty. Yeah. They were pretty they were pretty good with Chris Parker. He was a pretty good. Uh, 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 no, they were actually really good. They were 34th. Uh, but you know, the drop off from from Georgie Chris Parker then you know to now has been I think the biggest flaw. Uh, you know, for Liberty. Just to show how good that team was that year, was Darius Mickey like the eighth man on the team? I think mm -hmm. in the second game in the NCAA tournament against Virginia Tech, he led the team in scoring, I believe, had, you know, three or four three-pointers. But, uh, you know, now we're talking about him being the greatest five three-pointers, okay, uh, the greatest uh, Liberty player in school history. And, and uh, you know, he was the eighth man. Of course, he was a true freshman. Uh, but that just goes to show just how good and deep that team was. And Keenan Gums, another guy we forget about, but he, yeah. man, he was such a pivotal piece to that team as a as a grad transfer and um, you know a, a great role player. But but that was that was a lot of fun that year and, and those couple seasons. And uh, hopefully we can get some more lightning in a bottle this year. And and you never know with Darius McGee. I mean, you know, if he gets hot. At the right time, hopefully towards the end of the season, uh, Liberty could knock off just about any team in the country. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've seen Darius's best game yet. 
either. So, yeah. All right. Well, very good. Uh, we could talk all day about uh, that 2020. I could talk five hours about that. I could go through every single game and, and enjoy it. Uh, but we're going to have a quick word from uh, a Sea of Red's latest sponsor, Ironclad Coffee. Really excited to have them uh, joining us. And then we'll have uh, Mr. Richie Longshots. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, but you can enjoy their crafted roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it'll be roasted to your order and shipped out directly to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, our proud Flames Club members, and are pleased to sponsor these podcasts by Sea Red. Hop on, hop on over to their website at www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. Richie Longshots is in the house. John's going to stay on. Of course, John is going to stay on after a fantastic 7-3-1 and one week. Long shots. What do you think about uh, John Manson? Maybe a sleeper here coming back. Well, first things first, Nick, I haven't had a cup of coffee in 15 years, but that commercial might inspire me to jump back on the caffeine wagon. Ironclad coffee. If we can get some ironclad coffee down to Boca, I will have my first cup of coffee in 15 years. So just want to get that out. Uh, John had a great week. Um, I was impressed. There were a lot of close games this week. Um, I know I lost a couple by like a point and I just was like, oh, just checking the score on my phone. Um, I know, you know, the, the Baylor Gonzaga was a push, had no business being a push. You know, Baylor should have won that game a little bit more. Uh, and also just shout out, obviously, to, to John having a great week. Anytime you can go seven and three with a push, 70 percent is just awesome. A shout out to us. We all took liberty and they covered. So. Uh, we able to, we were able to break our streak of, of, of uh, when we have a consensus pick usually fails, but in this situation we, we finally nailed one. And and well, FGCU we did two yes, two and two two kisses of death. So maybe it's over. Maybe it's over. We're back. For all the uh, the listeners and the viewers tonight, I just want you to know that that overall record is very deceiving. These first two weeks that I made my picks, this is my disclaimer I'm going to have for the rest of the year. First two weeks I made these picks, I was, you know, having to do it in the airport on the way back from Arkansas or, you know, when I was on the way back from New York City with the family from the UConn game. But, uh, you know, these last two weeks, I've been able to put in some time, do some homework, and uh, look who's been top of the leaderboard each of the last two weeks. Well, you, I'm sure you can ride out college football for another month and a half or, you know, maybe into March, you know, something will happen. Hey, they got to recruit. Sorry, guys. I went two and eight this week. Uh, we got a, <laughs> we got a, a top 500 recruit. So, uh, wow. Built in excuses. Yeah. You, you always need a built in excuse. Yeah. I wear my five, five and one with pride. All right, let's get to it this week. Uh, great slate, man. I mean, I don't know, maybe a mediocre slate this week. <laughs> Uh, but I want to start off with St. Louis at Iona because I think this game is awesome. And I, I, I want to see Liberty have these kind of games. Like, why can't we have a home and home with Iona? Like, that is awesome. And I, I, who knows, you know, maybe Patino's too scared to do a home and home. I don't know. Uh, but this is a fun game. These are the games that I love watching. I love watching St. Louis Iona more than Kentucky Duke. Give me St. Louis Iona every day. I know I'm a weirdo, but, uh, 
we all went with St. Louis. I wanted to go with Iona. Like, I feel like this is Patino's Super Bowl in the non-conference, getting St. Louis to come to their building. But St. Louis is really, really good. I couldn't do it. Long shots, why are you, why are you uh, uh, buying the Patino stock? Iona's 4-0 at home against the spread this year. Uh, St. Louis 3-3 three and three, uh, as a favorite. Give me the undefeated team. You don't think Patino's having the time of his life watching Louisville right now? You don't think he's just cackling in his office in New Rochelle, New York? Just like what a bunch of idiots down there. Like, you know, he's taking Iona. What a, what a, what a risky move for them to to go out and get Rick Pitino and it, it, it worked out. Um but yeah, four and at home. Uh like you said, this is gonna be the Super Bowl for them. And I like the Gales, right? They're the Gales. Yeah. Iona Gales. I know what I'm talking about sometimes. The Iona Gales. We played Iona in a bracket buster game a couple of years ago. I wish yep. I would bring those back. Yep. Not that those game. are fun. Not that game, though. No, that was a rough game, but just the the concept of the bracket busters was always fun. I got a group of non-Liberty people together to watch that game. I think it was on ESPNU, and oh, man, that was, uh, they were like, Kirby, you made us watch this? That was rough, rough rough time. I was was at that game. It was bad. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was never close. Like, it was start to finish, yeah. All right, uh, James Madison at Virginia. Uh, once again, long shots goes against the grain. Uh, John, why do you like Virginia in this one? You know, this is one I actually went back and forth on. I, I had I was the only one. I was in Richie's boats last week and was the only one that took JMU, I think, uh, minus 15 or 16 against uh, whoever it was. We were picking them against maybe Jacksonville. I forget who it was. Uh, but anyways, I, I went back and forth. JMU's had a really good start to the season. Uh, but so as Virginia, they're really good. That pack line defense is something else. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because JMU scored a lot of points. They've scored 90 to 100 points in several of their games this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this one plays out. And, and uh, you know, one reason why it kind of tipped me over towards Virginia was – they went and played at JMU in their new uh, arena last year and lost that game. So I, I know that Virginia is not going to be taking them lightly, um, you know. But again, I mean, this one could go either way. That's exactly why I went with uh, Virginia. I think JMU is really good. I, I just say I think Virginia is going to be on their game in this one. Long shots. Why are you taking the Duke Dogs? As John said, JMU has a great offense. Obviously, Virginia's defense is is masterful, um, but. In a situation like this, give me the points. Uh, UVA has not covered in their last three. Uh, sure, they played Florida State, Michigan, and uh, UMES, as I've been calling them, uh, University of Maryland, uh, Eastern Shore. I think UMES sounds a lot better. Uh, haven't covered in any of those three games, so I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game and in that situation. Give me JMU and the points. North Florida at Houston, we all are taking the Cougars. I, I've been on the Cougars, but they have kind of disappointed me the last couple of games. I mean, they've been winning, but not not covering their spreads. I, I mean, I, North Florida's just not good. I just think Houston's just going to destroy them. Only way North Florida covers is if it's like some sort of backdoor garbage at the end. Is that your guys' thought? I, I just think Houston is just going to – wipe the floor with them yeah this is third 30 points it's going to be like 90 to 55 35 40 points it's just going to get ugly 
I might actually put money on this one. We'll see what the actual line yeah. is. This is this is the one. First two, uh, probably see. It away. might be out already. Is it? All right. You some of the there. there's some Wednesday. There's some some uh, Tuesday lines out already. So I'll look that up. All right. You look that up. We'll talk about Jacksonville State at Utah. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Jacksonville State playing playing better, but. Utah just beat Arizona on their home floor and beat them pretty convincingly. 15, I can't I can't take Jack State to cover, but long shots. Uh, either we're going to catch up or you're going to run away with this because we got a lot of different picks this week. Why are you on a, a Jacksonville State? Well, I couldn't find the – they didn't have a point spread for yet. There are some couple of Tuesday games floating around. Uh, the JMU game specifically, that spread is uh, UVA minus 11.5. So in, in the ballpark of that, that 13. But I'm happy to ha- I'm happy to take the 13 there. Uh, Utah, I think they're going to, you know, come off of a big win. You know, this is going to be a game they just kind of glaze over. Give me the points. All right. Give me the I points. I'm in, a, I'm in a big, you know, take the points – uh, mode mood right now, you know, coming off of feast week and, and the brackets teams are kind of, this is the last stand before really conference play ramps up for everyone. So this will be just kind of like the, all right, let's just get into conference play with a win and go from there. Take the points unless you're North Florida. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unless you're playing uh, the number one team in the, in the country, then yes. Yeah, I feel like North Florida's ATS is not going to be good this year. All right, uh, Friday night, Queens at High Point. This is a fun, fun little mid-major game. Uh, I wanted to go with Queens. I originally had Queens in my first draft, but then I looked at what High Point's done this year. I was like, ooh, wow, this team's been pretty impressive, and they're the home team. I just, I think they've been too impressive this year. I think Queens could win this game. I just, I looked at what High Point's done, and I, I, I had to go with them. John, thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I actually, when I first saw this, I was my gut was like take Queens, but when I looked up what High Point had done this year, I was like, eh, I think I'm going to take the uh, the Panthers, especially at home. Uh, of course, Queens will probably uh, end up winning the game outright, and I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, but High Point's been been impressive. Both these teams have been impressive, and you know both North Carolina teams about you know what an hour and a half, two hours maybe away from each other. Uh, should be a, be a good atmosphere and a good game. Yeah, I think I'm like 0-4 on picking against Queens this year, and that's why I wanted to go against them, but then I just I looked at high point, and I just I, I couldn't do it. Uh, Lipscomb, minus 7 at Alabama A&M. I feel like this line is going to be a lot higher than minus 7. Long shots, do you agree? I just I think Lipscomb is, uh, unless Vegas isn't doing their due diligence, if if, if that is actually minus 7, uh, yeah, put, put some real money on that. Yeah, one of my rules is I don't bet on any team with A&M in their name, uh, just out of sheer principle. Um, same with Midwest directional schools, any of the Eastern, Western Michigans. Uh, so, no, I'm, I will never bet on Alabama A&M. The only time I'll bet on an A&M is if it's Texas A&M. And, and even that's not very profitable these days in anything. So, no, Lipscomb's uh, significantly better. Uh, I couldn't tell you Alabama A&M's mascot. Um so, yeah, Lipscomb in a runaway probably would be a double-digit spread when it comes out, uh, like you mentioned. So definitely a, a nice little Friday night betting opportunity. I was incredibly shocked to see this at 7, and that's why I had to go up and look at Alabama A&M, what they have done. And, and nothing they have done screams, oh, this should be a 7-point spread. So uh, it was an easy pick for Lipscomb. But, of course, again, 
we're probably missing something in Alabama A&M is going to cover. But, uh, yeah, give me the Bisons here. Just that that home boost really – I, I, don't, I don't buy it here. Will, you got any 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 thoughts on Alabama A and M? I see you yeah, want to chime in here. A lot of thoughts. <laughs> no, I was just wondering why Richie Longshot shots doesn't uh, do the A and M. Is that like a like? Are you superstitious or just a little stitious? I'm just a little stitious. Okay. Okay. Uh, by the way, Will, are you watching Raw tonight? Are we missing anything? Uh, I'm gonna watch it on Hulu tomorrow. Ooh, you're gonna avoid the spoilers. You're yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. All right. Arizona versus Indiana. This is a neutral site game. We all went with the Wildcats. I just, I've been really impressed with Arizona so far this year. Indiana just got like trounced by Rutgers, right? Long shots. And they get trashed by Rutgers. Trounced. Trounced. They came off the big win at UNC. They went into uh, the Jersey Mike's Arena, a sneaky, tough place to play, and got trounced. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I can't believe Arizona's an underdog in this game. I was like, that, yeah. that. What do you think this this line ends up as, long shots? My guess, I mean, maybe, everyone's going to be thinking maybe. about the whole, you know, just losing to Rutgers. My guess is within five, Air, you know, Arizona's the favorite. That's my guess, but I'm also an idiot when it comes to trying to predict stuff like, especially with basketball, football. Football is easy. You could just go three, seven, ten, fourteen, pick any of those numbers. But with with basketball, like it, it's uh, worth, I'd say a basket, three, three to five. All right, all right. Xavier at Cincinnati. This is a huge game in uh, my hometown of Cincinnati. Uh, we all went with Xavier minus two, uh, except for Chad. Chad is uh, right in the Bearcats who got smashed by Northern Kentucky earlier this year. Um, so good, good pick, pick, Chad. Good pick, Chad. Now, Nick, this quick, is it. Go ahead. Is, is this – did I read correctly? This is like the Skyline Chili. This is this game's being sponsored by Skyline Chili or like the Skyline Chili Arena. The Skyline, or Ch- Festival. Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout. Yeah, so this is uh, – a. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, we've punches in the punches in the eyeball. Uh, this is an intense rivalry. It's uh, these teams legitimately hate each other. So uh, this is a game that you could kind of sometimes throw throw uh, the stats out. Xavier actually beat Cincinnati when they were ranked number one twice. Uh, so it could be flipped around. But yeah, this is Xavier's a much better team. They would have to really, really underperform. All right, Jacksonville at UNC Wilmington. Uh, UNC Wilmington, two-point favorites. Chad is the uh, duck here going with Jacksonville. Uh, I just get yeah, two points at home. I am I think these are pretty similar teams. Uh, I'm taking UNC Wilmington. John? Yeah, this one's hard for me to pick. I mean, kind of like we were talking about a few minutes ago is uh, I don't really know what to expect out of Jacksonville. They haven't had enough. Uh, true test. I mean, you, you talked about playing uh, Duke, and then they they had a nice showing against Campbell, but uh, I don't I don't really know. And, and so because I don't know, I kind of went with Wilmington. They, they've uh, you know had some decent wins and decent performances this year, but uh, I, I really just don't have a good read on uh, on this Jacksonville team yet this year. I'm I'm right down the road from Wilmington, and a lot of. Uh... A lot, a lot of alumni are hyped up for the basketball team this year, so I think they're expecting great things. 
Yeah. All right. This is a game I would never actually bet money on, but yeah, if I'm if it's like a two point game, I'm just going with the home team. Murray State four point favorites on the road at Freedom Hall Arena against Bellarmine. We all went with Murray State. Richie Longshot's going with the basement of the A Sun in the net. Bellarmine plus four. Yeah, I just think Bellarmine and bounce back home dogs. Uh, Murray State, not super impressive in their last uh, three games. They they beat Valparaiso, uh, only beat Illinois Southern, Illinois State by three, which I thought they were a D2 team, uh, and they only beat Chattanooga by three. Um, so not really blowing teams away, you know, when you think of Murray State. So just a home dog, home dog. It's, it's, yeah, it I takes was, the point I was, season. I was surprised the, uh, the line was only four. Uh, so then when I was looking at Murray State's record, I mean, you hear Murray State, you're like, wow, that's one of the best mid-majors in the country. Uh, but they're down a little bit this year, not quite the same Murray State team that we've seen the last few years. Um, you know, so this, this is another one that, that kind of scares me and not one I would personally bet on. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, Murray State, the racers, I just feel like they, they've got to have more talent uh, than Bellarmine does. But, but again, you know, Bellarmine has surprised me before. Yeah, outside of uh, Murray State's first game where they got trounced by St. Louis, uh, they've either won every game or they've had a one-possession loss uh, and, and and pretty quality competition. Yeah, I, I, I like Murray State. I, I, I just think they're a much better team than, than Bellarmine. But again, Bellarmine, like, like we said earlier, could be uh, a little bit of inflated numbers just because of how tough a competition they played, and uh, they clearly don't have the athleticism to compete with a lot of these teams, so. We'll see. And then Saturday, it's another fun uh, mid-major game. Mercer at Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, Dunk City's a wagon right now. I'm I'm riding them. I, I wanted to go against the grain on this and pick Mercer, but I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, Florida Gulf at home. It's going to be a Saturday. Like, you know that that arena is going to be rocking. No finals on Sunday. It's, it's still our finals week. So, at place, it's going to be the place to be. Um, so it's going to be a wild arena. I, they, I think they win by double digits. Nick, you and I are on the same wavelength this week. We got all the same picks. Do we really? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. Oh wow! I just caught that. You can't catch me, John. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we will be very excited to see uh, the field versus long shots this week. Uh, who comes out on top? Uh, either long shots going to come and. Uh, next week, uh, just, you know, strutting his uh, St. Peter's Peacock or, you know, he's going to have his head down and uh, you're gonna have to dig back in. So we will see. Uh, excited about that. Richie, thanks as always. Thanks uh, for having any, me. Any final uh, thoughts for us? I'm excited no. to see Richie down in Boca next week. When You, you booked the flight, right? Flight is booked. Uh, we're flying down Monday afternoon, land around one o'clock and, uh, it's going to be a great, great few days getting out there. And, uh, are there any basketball games while we're down there? I'm sure there are. We'll, we'll have to catch some and, uh, see who's getting the upper hand between myself, you and, uh, and Chad. Yes. Uh, you know, hopefully there's uh, one of the games that we pick, uh, we'll be able to watch all together. And uh, on top of Monday Night Football, of course, we'll, we'll be uh, around for that. But, no, it's been great. I, I keep – I take a screenshot of, of uh, 
what you posted on there. And I highlight uh, as the week goes on, I highlight the game either red or green and tracking my uh, track, tracking how I do. And, uh, you know, flipping games on like, oh, final three minutes. Let me throw that on real quick. So it's been great to, to check out games that I normally wouldn't be checking out. That's for, for certain. So uh, it, it's been great to, you know, watch you guys, like I said, for learn a little bit about basketball. I can't wait for can't wait for conference. Uh, play to begin. That's kind of like the the the, the meat and potatoes um, of a, a team like Liberty, and that's where we're really going to see you know how this team shapes up and and what uh, the expectations are going to be going forward. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Richie. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank buddy. you. We'll see you. Have a great week. All right, John. You got any final thoughts for us tonight before we uh, we get out of here? No, man, I appreciate you guys doing this each and every week. And I'm really excited about uh, the week coming up. It's kind of a, a dull spot a little bit this week for the Flames Hoops with a non-D1 on, on Tuesday night. But uh, uh, a lot of football stuff going on. Coach Chadwell's on the road recruiting. I'll probably get some assistant coach hires here this week and uh, uh, some recruiting news, portal news. It, it's it's a busy time. But uh, got the bowl game coming up in a couple weeks trying to plan my trip out down there. But, um, you know, it's always fun time of the year. And and we got those games, Oral Roberts and uh, and Bryant looming. I'm looking forward to those big time. Yeah, absolutely. We actually got a question from Bill. I wanted – sorry, Bill, I missed this earlier if you're still watching. Uh, any insight on Bryant? They were hit with a large team illness. Yeah, actually had a player hospitalized. So, uh, you know, certainly prayers for them. Um, I don't have any – John, I'm assuming you don't have any inside information on this. I mean, this is still like 12 I, days away. Yeah, so. I would think two weeks out, we would probably be in the clear on that game. And this is something they've been dealing with for several days. It's not like it just started today. I don't know exactly, but I've first heard about, it, I think, you know, six, seven days ago, maybe about a week ago. Uh, so hopefully two weeks from now, they'll be back to pretty close to full strength. Yeah, you, you want to see them at full strength. That's a... That's a game I've I've had you know circled on the calendar all year. Really looking forward to. I know they've had a little bit, a little bit disappointing season, but they're still a, a top two hundred Ken Palm team on a, um, on a semi away neutral site type game. So we're looking forward to that. And then, yeah, this is a really fun stretch. Uh, December twelfth through nineteenth. This will be a fun uh, seven or eight or however many days that is for the the Flames. So uh, uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, Will any final thoughts tonight? Yeah, just looking forward to the next few weeks. And uh, John, hope uh, I know you'll be working in Boca, but I hope you get a, a chance to enjoy the game as a fan and as a, a, an alumni, and and get some rest and relaxation while you're in Florida there too. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Uh, <laughs> right now, pending uh, work schedules, the, my wife and, and our two girls are coming down with us and make a long weekend out of it, and. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some uh, rest and relaxation on the beach and at the pool. And I was checking the weather. It's uh, 85 degrees as a high down there today. Man. And of course, I'm, we're sitting up here in 42 degrees. I think it was here in Lynchburg today. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there for a few days. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, my final thought of the night, look forward to Liberty hosting Virginia University of Lynchburg. Uh, they are a in double C a team a one and nine this year, two games versus division one opponents. They gave up 109 points to Norfolk state and 123 to Morgan state. So uh, if you are going, um, 
I really hope Richie just lets the boys go ham and we see how many points they can score. I want to see 150. Anything less, I'm going to be disappointed. So that's my uh, my final thought of the night. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. If for some reason you're still watching, uh, you are a trooper, and we appreciate you. Uh, and if you are still watching and you haven't, smashed that like button. Make sure you do that. Uh, and We really appreciate that. Be sure to subscribe to A Sea of Red uh, on YouTube. Helps us continue to uh, grow content for you guys. And then uh, the see Red Live podcast is also always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And then, of course, read all of John's incredible articles on aseaofred.com, always keeping Liberty fans connected. For Will, for John, uh, for Long Shots, for Kyle Road, and for Jason Porter Real Estate, I am Nick. Have a great night, everyone. Whoa.